in long distance events, the importance of your mental state in determining the outcome of a race cannot be overestimated. Paula Ratliff. Welcome to Hypno Running, the show where we do more than just talk about running. We help you find solutions to develop your full potential, making you a better, faster, and smarter runner. And here is your host, Heiko. You know how they say, whoever they are, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Now, if you are a evasive runner, this show will be absolutely spot on for you. What? You're not sure what an evasive runner is? <laughs> Stay tuned and find out. It is basically a excuses-having runner. Yes, excuses-haver. That is a new word I just invented. Yes, the show here where we help you become a better, a stronger, and a smarter runner. Thanks for joining me, by the way. Yes, my name is Heiko, H-E-I-K-O. The no-edit show, I do this in one go. No editing, just one take. I record it. Usually, I'm sitting in a, in a rather old 30-year beat-up old car <laughs> uh, on a hill where I have a bit of an inspirational view. I record straight into my iPhone. I upload it to my laptop, add the intro music, and up it goes. So what has that all got to do with running? Well, I'm mentioning this to you because before I got started, I thought, let me find out what all do I need to actually make a podcast. And let me tell you, that is one huge rabbit hole. If you don't watch out, you'll be reading and joining forums, watching videos and explainers and how to and the best of. And let me tell you about these hacks. And what's going to happen is you're never, ever going to get started. Or if you do, you might end up with a excellent expensive recording equipment a boom a thing and a sound box and uh, and you recorded one or two or maybe four podcasts and you never got any listener except your spouse because the message wasn't right it wasn't passionate enough it wasn't uh, just so i found that the more i started reading or communicating with experienced podcasters the higher and higher the entry level got and it, it dragged me down you need this mic, this mixer, and definitely you need. <laughs> so, what has this got to do with becoming a better runner? This was supposed to be a bit of a build-up. Listen, I know the audio quality could be better, and if I'd use a sampler, and if I'd record it in a studio-like environment, and then, you know, but hey, I'm recording it quick and easy. I'm focusing on the content, getting those experiences, those coaching sessions, those long-running experiences, those advantages of doing quick interval trainings into spoken words and sharing it. It is the same with running. Those that are stuck in the procrastination lane or stuck in excuse-having value or those not really excelling, giving it the best, let's call them the performer runners. So listen up. If you would read and follow all the free content, the advice that is out there in regard to running, and you imagine how big that hurdle is to start to become a regular runner. Just imagine if you're already struggling to get into the habit of running regularly, of, of going for a run with ease without spending 30, 45 minutes doing anything that avoids you getting your running gear on and heading out. Then if you read how many miles you would need to run and what time and how often, it's overwhelming. So obviously, it's expert advice. Pro runners say, Elliot Kipchoge, do this. So, I mean, that works for him, right? Maybe it will ensure you just make it up to a slow, regular runner. A situation where you don't even try your best, where running is an activity, but the rewards are not really there. Same thing like podcasting. 
If you listen to what you supposedly will need, you might never ever get started. <laughs> Not might, leave the might away. You'll never ever get started. So focus on the real important parts in running. Your attitude, it determines everything. Yes, I know motivation. Motivation is great for getting started, but it's important to remember it's not going to last. And we don't need to use the word forever. We can just say it's not even going to last the next three kilometers. <laughs> and this is me running for close to over 35 years. Motivation goes. Trust me, if I've got to run up that hill this afternoon and I'm at kilometer seven, and I know now comes a steep incline, <laughs> I'm not motivated anymore. But of course. So relying on motivation to get through your day, it's a bit of a roller coaster. You know, many highs and many lows. On the other hand, on the other hand, the word consistency is the much steadier, the much, much more reliable force that will help you stay on track even when you don't feel like it. So the importance of consistencies in achieving a goal. Now, what separates a successful runner from a not so successful runner is the consistency in taking action even when you don't feel motivated because being consistent is more important than being motivated especially for any long-term goal that you have and this doesn't matter if it's a 5k a couch to 5k a 10k half marathon or an ultra for that matter it's often forgotten that motivation is just a a fleeting feeling. It comes and it goes. And it's not always easy to rely, on it, to rely on it. On the other hand, consistency is a habit that we can cultivate over time. We can depend on it, even when we're not feeling motivated. And this is important because consistency will help you achieve your long-term goal. And what happens is, you've got to think in terms of internal and external. What's going on in your head? Internally and externally. Is it harmful or is it helpful? What am I thinking right now? Internally, is my thinking helpful or is it harmful? Am I being critical with myself? I'm not running fast enough. Why did I even pick this up? I knew I should have taken the slow route. That is harmful thinking. Change it into helpful thinking. The same with external. Now, how engaged am I? Am I really aware of where I am running? Am I aware of the next lamppost coming up? Am I aware of, hey, actually, I'm on a slight and I'm a slight downhill. Why don't I add some speed to it and I'm going to improve my run time? Or am I running I'm on autopilot? I'm just, I'm just running and I know sooner or later I'm going to hit home and it's going to be like, oh, I'm there already. So when you combine the types of focus, internal and external, with the way we focus, helpful or harmful, you get these four distinct states, the autopilot, the critical the thinking and the engaged and harmful internal. That is your thinking. That, that, that's where you can decide. External is as well where you can decide. And all of this, these are mental states. And a mental state is nothing more than an emotion or a condition that influences our thought processes. You know, there are hundreds, thousands of emotions and they then all get mapped into a handful of mental states. So that's why feelings are very much deceiving. You need to form them into a mental state. And these so-called mental categories, if you look at the words, there are basically three of them. Hey, I love to run. It gives me a lot of pleasure, and I'm in the flow. Now, if you look at what is behind these words, love, for example, uh, there's hope. Uh, love, uh, hope is inside there. And what hope means, I, I hope I'm going to reach my, uh, my finish line. I, I trust in the process that I can run 30, 40, 50, 60 kilometers. And, of course, gratitude, humility, all this shapes, all these words shape the mental state love. There's also pride involved, and there's also affection involved with it. If I look at the word pleasure, 
the word pleasure. It comes from contentment. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm blissed, but also a bit of anticipation. So many, many different words that make up that emotional state of pleasure, amusement, being in awe, um, enthusiasm. Uh, there needs to be a bit of surprise in it and optimism. And the word flow, which is often just like get into the flow, what does that actually mean? Well, to be in flow, it means to be absorbed. It means to be focused, to be mindful, to be passionate about it, to be interested, to be curious about it. And now, according to scientists that have researched the, the physical correlations of these mental categories, and they've been doing this for many, many years, in, in behavior, they're called the peripheral psychology. And most recently, it's called, you know, um, they refer to it as in a functioning brain, for example. Cognitive neuroscientists, they've, they've tried to identify the neural basis of fear, disgust, love, and they looked at the working memory. And 20 years of neuroimagining uh, neuro research is revealing that the brain does not respect faculty psychology categories. So all this big blue, blah, blee, blah, blue, you know, the brain, the brain overrides that. You know? In essence, the, the approach is the idea that during every moment of waking life, whether you're running, sleeping, eating, or whatever, the brain constructs mental stage emotions by creating situated conceptualizations. And they're based on the feelings you have through your skin, through the light, through internal milieu, through prior experiences. And these sources, you know, the sensation from the world, sensations from the body, prior experiences, they are continually available in the brain networks that process them. They might be thought of as a part of the basic ingredients that are the mental life. So these different recipes, the combinations and the ingredients, they, they, they produce mental events that people give common names, emotions, cognitions, perceptions. So from this perspective, mental categories, emotions, are populated by a diverse set of, of instances, uh, events to explain. They are not specific causal processes linked to specific brain regions or networks. Okay, this, makes a, this might seem like a complicated story. It's not. It's very simple. What this study is saying is you need to reflect on being more compartmentalized. Don't let your thoughts run away. You, you've, you've had this feeling when you've been on a run and suddenly you're feeling unsure. I had it the other day. I was at kilometer 35 and I wasn't sure whether I was already at kilometer 32, 34, 38. Actually, I was at 35. And what happened was, it was still quite a way to go. It was an ultra. And next thing, my thoughts start to run wild. Sensations from the world, sensations from the body. My thoughts are running wild. Where am I? Did I miss the last aid station? Or had I just, or is the next aid station coming up? And next thing, these thoughts are coming up. And by the way, there is something in my right shoe. Is it a stone? Or what is inside my right? Is it there now? No, I don't feel it now. It doesn't seem to, ah, hang on, it is there again. Again, sensations from the world, ingredients, and they're all in my mind. And these recipes, yeah, they are giving, uh, they are starting to, form a certain pattern. Stop right there. Take all that complexity and just focus on three mental states. I'm glad you listened till now because now actually comes the crooks of the matter. <laughs> Ten minutes in. <laughs> the mental states. Positive, negative, or neutral. 
Okay, back to the situation where I'm getting all panicky because I don't know where I am. Or I know I'm still on course, but I'm not sure which distance I am. And right now, what is it? Is it positive? Is it negative or neutral? What is what, Heiko? Exactly. What, what is happening? Is it positive, negative or neutral? Now, positive would be the state of being happy and content with life. Everything is fine. Da -da 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 -da. Definitely, I was not a happy clappy because I was uncertain of where I am. Right? Positive would be a sense of optimism. That would be if I'm running uh, on pace. I know exactly where I am. Nothing is bugging me and I'm feeling on... I feel like the, the hard work has paid off. I still have energy. That would be positive. But no, it wasn't positive because I'm not sure where I am and... Okay, negative, the state of feeling of sad, <laughs> depressed, pessimism, will I make it? No, I wasn't there. I wasn't negative. Negative is anything where you where you are having pessimistic thoughts about yourself and the future potential. So the next one, positive, negative, neutral. Neutral, the state of just going through the motions without really caring about external circumstances. Ha, that's where I am, exactly. I wasn't worried about what was happening externally, even though, you know, low-hanging clouds, uh, um, a bit of rain, uh, but it wasn't bugging me. What was bugging me was what? Something in my shoe was bugging me and that I don't know where I was. So what is the solution? The solution is very simple. Stop. Take off your shoe, take off your sock, make sure there's nothing in there, put the sock on, put the shoe on, and go run. And if you're lucky enough to meet another runner, ask him, when's the next aid station? Especially one of those who's got a beautiful GPS watch and he's like all in there and, and, and what have you. Or ask if you see somebody. What? So it's a neutral state. And reflecting by positive, neutral, or negative is going to ensure your thoughts stay focused on the task ahead. They're going to ensure you're going to be consistent in running and taking and getting that performance out there. So now if you're listening to this and it's, it's, a, it's end of July and it's a great season and you're in the training, it's in summer, everything you're doing now is going to affect how you're going to run in December or to be able to do in December. And so what you're experiencing in July will affect your run in December, without a doubt. That's why if you have... If you're trying to achieve a demanding goal, you know that consistency is so critical. Whether it's working out, you know, uh, um, more regularly, whether it's, you know, adjusting your diet or whether it is preparing for that next big run event. The, nothing can, can be a substitute for consistency. Why? Because consistency leads to momentum. And the more consistently you do something, the easier it becomes and the more momentum you build up. And eventually what was once a struggle becomes a habit and habits are hard to break. So that's why consistency is so important. It's the key to making that lasting change. And, and how to be more consistent is very easy. You know, you need to have a realistic goal. How about having an accountability partner, uh, setting a schedule, find a role model, somebody you look up to, create a strong routine and, and set a deadline. Those are the points that you need to do there. And when you struggle with this, and everything you've done, it's not working. It's because your brain is taking you places you don't want to go. I mean, we can, you know, there are podcasts about everything. There are topics about everything, from saving to rainforest, which is important, to saving the local bees, which is just as important, taking care of, you know, elderly people. What are we going to do about them? Taking care of people that perhaps have got disabilities. So many topics. But hang on, right now, 
We're talking about running. And right now I'm on my run and I'm not doing well. And I'm about to give up. And I've already given up in the past. And am I going to make it? I'm... You know what turned out? There was a tiny little stone in my shoe. No blister. Nothing. And actually I had just passed the aid station. The next one was about six kilometers further on. It was no problem at all because I could reflect. I'm feeling neutral. I'm not getting panicky. I'm not thinking about the turtles. I'm not thinking about contamination. Now they're letting radioactive water being released into the ocean. No, I'm thinking about where exactly I am right now, positive, neutral, or negative. And then, of course, I take corresponding action. Okay, some of you are running and you're feeling it's a pity party. And let me explain what I mean by pity party. The phrase pity party, typically it taunts and dismisses a person's grief as wallowing, attention-seeking, and unreasonable to throw a pity party. <laughs> That's what I mean. And using positive, neutral, or negative will ensure that you can reflect and you can recall the difference, the difference between motivation and inspiration and being seriously injured or just being caught up in a feeling. Because if not, the danger is you as a runner, you decide to feel unmotivated. It went somewhere else, like the wind. You don't know where it came from and where it's going to. It just took it somewhere else. And the inspiration went along with it. So obviously now you, oh, you're just struggling to run. And many people get confused between motivation and inspiration. Motivation comes from within, whereas inspiration is the external source. So when we're motivated, we set a goal for ourselves, we want to achieve it. And inspiration, on the other hand, is when we see something that really inspires us to take action. It needs a strong cause, and both will function if you're in a positive or neutral state. And it's going to be dragged down if you're in a negative state. So snap out of that one quickly. <laughs> and we all know what it feels like to be motivated. You know, that little voice inside your head, it keeps telling you, you know, carry on. You know, it gets you out of bed early in the morning. It helps you stay focused throughout the day. But if you're in a pity party and you're relying on your emotions, hang on, be aware you're in a negative state because otherwise that motivation is, is not going to produce enough momentum for you to carry on. And of course, inspiration is extremely powerful. Inspiration is what we feel when we see someone accomplish something really, really great. That's why I like watching any sports event. It's wonderful seeing somebody cross the line, win a tennis match, cross the finish line. You know, he or she is in a positive state of mind, definitely not a negative one. It's what drives us to be better than we were yesterday. It's what fills us as runners with, with hope and determination. So next time you're feeling down, remember, motivation and inspiration are two of the most powerful forces in the world, but be aware what mental state you're reflecting on. If you're using positive, neutral, or negative philometer, <laughs> this will be to your advantage. You'll be able to reflect. And then you can come on to be motivated and inspired. Let me end today's podcast with a self-praise pep talk. Yep, a self-praising pep talk. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, is he not arrogant now? Narcissism, self-absorption, selfishness. No, I'm talking of Example, you might say to yourself, I did my very best when I ran up that hill, even though I struggled. Now, I learned how to keep my pace a bit longer today than yesterday. Wow, I was brave when I signed up for that ultra event. <laughs> hey, I'm getting better and better at my 3K time. It can take some time to shift the, the negative habitual thoughts you're having. But through self-praise, hey, it's going to be well worth the effort. So that's why today, 
Your run successes, they provide a long list of lessons, a rolling testament to your hard work, your dedication, your abilities, the commitment you showed when you didn't miss a training session for a whole two months, three months, or the last workout where you felt like giving up because it was a hill repeats, but you didn't, <laughs> or when you decided to go to bed earlier because you could sleep more and you feel more recovered. You know, these are crucial lessons you have. And, of course, there are also lessons to be learned in our failures. The time you took a race, you started off too fast, <laughs> like me, <laughs> just <laughs> four weeks ago, <laughs> and then I burnt on the last three Ks. <laughs> yep, anyway. Oh, when you set an unrealistic goal and your motivation crashed and burnt. You know, failure it reveals where you have to improve for your next opportunity. Embrace and learn the lessons, good and bad. Improve your technique. Be more consistent. Have a better mindset. And remember, think first, positive, neutral, or negative. I want to finish with this verse here from the Bible. It's a wonderful a Bible reference made to joy, to faith, to optimism. These things, Jesus said, have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Take optimism, therefore, as a medicine for them, body, mind, and soul. Hey, this is a blessing from our Heavenly Father. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us on today's show. My name is Heiko. God bless you. And remember, take it easy.